Hey there. The holidays are here, so it's good to know Fred Meyer can save you some time with free pickup on all your fresh favorites. Whether your traditions call for a hearty helping of juicy ham, ample apple pie, or Aunt Sue's legendary twice-stuffed stuffing, Fred Meyer has got you covered. So order for free pickup at fredmeyer.com or the app and get more time to get your holiday on when you grab your groceries curbside. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Welcome to the Everyday Mindfulness Show, the off-the-cuff exploration of everyday aha moments and life experiences. Join a cast of over 70 uniquely brilliant individuals. Each week, Mike Domish and an eclectic mix of cast members and special guests will engage in mindful and lively conversations about everything from meditation to spirituality to personal passions to successes and failures to relationships to the stuff that makes up the moments of our daily lives. Let's get started with your host, author, speaker, provocateur, and a bit of a goofball, Mike Domish. This week's program is brought to you by the Can I Kiss You program, an interactive how-to skills-based program for school systems, universities, and the U.S. military throughout the world addressing consent, bystander intervention, respecting boundaries, how to talk about what you want and don't want, and supporting survivors of sexual assault. Now, for many of the listeners out there know, this is what I do for a living. I travel the world giving the Kanakisha program and many other trainings throughout the world. So yes, this is me uh, that you're bringing in to speak. If you're interested, contact our offices Ask for Rita at the Date Safe Project. Our website's datesafeproject.org, or you can call Rita at 800 329 9390. That's this week's sponsor of this episode. Hi, yes, I'm your host, Mike Domish, and thrilled to be here with our cast from the Everyday Mindfulness Show. This week's cast includes Barry Moniak, Darren Timpton, and Bernie Zhang. And you can check out our brilliant cast and learn all about them at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And like each week, our theme is usually inspired by something that, that maybe I read or someone ran across. And in this case, it's something I read. And this week's theme is the idea of speaking out mindfully. And, and here's the quote that took me down this path of discussion. The quote is, bravery, the courage to be to live in the world without any deception and with tremendous kindness and caring for others. Bravery heightens your existence. And that quotes from Changyam Trupa in the book, Shambhala, The Sacred Path of the Warrior. Barry, how do we speak out against harm without doing harm? You know, bringing that negative energy where it's not needed. The first thing that comes to my mind is the word against. As soon as I'm saying or doing something against, I've become part of the conflict. So it's one thing to see things the way we see them, experience them the way we do, make you know statements about that. It's another thing to go against whatever your perceptions or experiences are. And so maybe it's just that slight shift of rather than me having to say or do anything against you, I can accept you and like, oh, I don't agree with that. I don't particularly see it or experience it that way, but I can still accept that that's your experience. That gives me a different starting point 
to engage in the, in the conversation. I don't have to make you wrong to make me right. I, I love it. So what would be a replacement for that phrase of speak out against? What's something you would say in place of that? I love what you said. It, it's the against versus for, or what do I stand for? What do I represent? Rather than feeling we have to dig our heels in the dirt against someone, against a principle, whatever, what is it you stand for? What is it out of the natural character, the experience, your own inner work? What is it that you represent and want to be known for? And, and your ideas, what are you promoting? Oh, that, that really hits home with me because we, we share that a lot with groups we work with. Because on an issue like my issue where we're trying to end sexual violence, a lot of people are like, you know, the concept people have in their heads is don't rape, don't rape. And we come in all the time and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. People, even though it's obvious, right, don't sexually assault mm -hmm. someone, people hate the don't beginning of that phrase, right? Because it's a telling me not to. Just like an against is a negative energy, what I'm against. But if you tell somebody what they can do, what you stand for they suddenly engage you on a completely different level. Mm. So if you mm -hmm. come to somebody and say, are you against sexual assault? They're going to go, uh, duh, that's almost insulting you ask the question. But if you said, are you for mutually amazing consensual sexual experiences? They'd be like, excuse me? Tell, well, like, what'd you just say? Like, like they're totally mm -hmm. intrigued. I, yeah, I'm for that. You know, like, and, and I, let's talk about that. And because it's a four, right? It's something we're driving to instead of fighting against. So I thought that was brilliant. I love what do you stand for or what is what are you what are you speaking out for or on behalf of? That's great. There was a uh, a technique that came out of early NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and it worked a lot with managers, salespeople, that if I am juxtaposed against you, I mean, maybe literally, figuratively, you're on one side of the desk and I'm on the other side of the desk, or we're on opposite sides of a conference table, then there is a physical barrier between us. We are arguing about whatever's on the table. Even though we may not be arguing, it sets it up that way. So the suggestion was to create this third point somewhere off in space. Here's the issue that you and I are discussing or working on or trying to, to figure, you know, a way into or around. And it took that tension away from you and I. And now we're on the same side of the equation trying to figure out this thing. Applying that in this kind of context, you are entitled to your perspectives and so am I. Now, what are our perspectives? What are we going to mm. do with this or about this? Yes, right, because there's the common ground, right? What's the R there? And, and what I love is that when you think about, you know, in a politically charged environment, which is the case currently right now, you think about that skill set right there, that if you sat down with people who in your head you say, oh, I'm against what they believe in, and instead said, hey, what are you for? And I know what I'm for. What are you for? And there's got to be some common grounds. There, there are certain things that are going to be common grounds. I, I would actually like to even rephrase that statement about speaking out, and I actually use uh, the phrase I'm going to share with you all quite a bit in my community, and I call it speaking up. It's not something that I've created, obviously, but speaking up means giving yourself the permission to come forward and speak about the things that matter to you. And what I like to do is I like to encourage people in my tribe, my community, or if I'm you know, doing a talk, I encourage the audiences to 
speak up for something that they they just can't hold it in anymore. And I'll give you a perfect example. A few years ago, I was alienated from my son, and I held that the guilt and the shame, and it, it spiraled me down into a depression for a, a good six months to close to a year. And I remember that the moment I started speaking up about what happened, and not to cast blame on the other person, but to talk about, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm going through, this is hard, and here are the things I'm doing to help myself get through it. When I started doing that, I noticed that the healing took place not only in me and myself, but it also empowered others who I had no clue were going through something similar for them to say, wow, if this is what she's going through, and if that's how she can constructively deal with it, thank you for giving me permission, Bernie to also do the same for myself. And so mm-hmm. I would even say speaking up can even help one person at a time. Whereas sometimes I feel like when you say speaking out, I, I feel like you have to be the loudest mouth and you're talking in front of crowds and, and it's one to many. I feel like speaking up can be, I just help one person at a time even, and it can still make a difference. I like the speaking up because it ties it back into the bravery aspect. Mm-hmm. It, it's not just pushing it out there. Like yeah. you said, Bernie, I can, I can do it stronger or louder. It, it's having that, that internal bravery to go, I do have an idea. I do have an opinion, an experience, a story to tell. And I'm going to speak up and, and let people know what that is. It also puts us in a position to go, and what's yours? If yeah. you were to speak up, what would you say? Right. Well, and I agree right. that the bravery of the speaking up is, you know, goes back to that original quote. And for a lot of people, that is difficult to do. They, they want to, they feel a drive to, but there are many factors. And I think for typically for many of us, it's the judgment piece. It's that fear of that judgment. And I know even myself, where in my line of work, I'm known for speaking up and speaking out. And, but for the longest time, I wouldn't fully go there. I would, I would speak up but I'd hold back a little bit. And, and part of that for the longest time was this fear of judgment of I, I didn't want to offend. And what it really, that was my excuse, but really what it was was I wanted to be liked. I wanted approval. And so by saying I didn't want to offend, I was giving myself this excuse to not be brave, to not have the courage to speak up fully. And so I think there's this balance of, one, where do you get the bravery? to overcome that fear of judgment, whatever it is, to be liked, to be approved, whatever it is, or that you'll make a mistake, that perfection, whatever it is, where do you get that bravery? And then two, the side of how do I do this without harm? Because now I have the bravery, and for the first time I have a voice, I might lash out. <laughs> because a lot that we see that. We see that happen a lot with people. So let's start with the where do you get the bravery, and then how do you do it without the lashing out side of it? I, one of the phrases I loved from the book uh, that we're talking about is the key to warriorship is not being afraid of who you are. I think that may even be the beginning to answering your question. It's so many of us are a little bit timid. Maybe we feel very uncomfortable with differences even. So when we're have an idea thought to promote, it's okay to not have everyone around you agree or if not even to know that they're going to agree. So I love that that thought, though, that it begins in not being afraid of you. Just be in your own skin. Yeah, humanity seems to have this this thing in, in marketing. They, they'll call it the tipping point. In psychology, it's the hundred monkey syndrome that until enough people 
see something or agree on something, it isn't a thing yet. And so for someone to speak up and say, hey, I've got this idea of, of how things could be better for all of us, if all of us don't quite get that or they're not ready to opt into that, there can be some significant pushback. I don't know that that's me or them being judgmental. I think it's just being human that until we get enough people of like mind, it's really hard to move things forward. And Barry, just as you were saying that, I've, in my own life, looking back, I'm thinking, how many times have I sat silent just hoping, you know, if somebody would say this, we'd all, you know, those of us that would agree would suddenly find a common voice. Right. But if we go first, yep. then everybody in the room, now they have to decide, how do <laughs> I deal with Darren now that he said that out loud? I, I love him. I like him. But... Uh, he's the odd man out right now. And where does that put me? Well, and this reminds me of Bernie because Bernie recently did a, uh, I, I want to say it right, a Reiki reading. Is that the correct terminology? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I had not done that before. I knew of Reiki, but I had not done a reading. And the one thing that came through there was that I needed to allow myself to trust. And I thought that was such a powerful word of to trust the energy of the universe, to trust my divine wisdom, to trust my intuition when you say that to yourself, I trust my divine wisdom, I trust my intuition, it takes away the fear of the unknown, because that's what this is. This is a fear of unknown reaction, which you just brought up, Barry, was now the room has to react, and what happens? It's that unknown. What if I just trust this is going to be okay? I love that you brought that up, because uh, to go back to your original question about being brave, I don't think, at least in my experience, I don't think that you know you're being brave in, until you look back at the situation, mm -hmm. right? Until you came out on the other side. Because for me, if I go back to that particular reason why I felt the need to speak up, it had nothing to do with, I'm going to go and be brave and I'm going to be this catalyst for everybody else. I think essentially that is what happened. But initially it was because I, I feel like crap. I physically feel sick. I'm depressed. I don't have a sense of who I am anymore. I feel afraid that I'm not being myself anymore. And I think that the fear of losing my identity and the fear of taking care of myself, I think that superseded any bravery to go and be an amazing catalyst for the people in my tribe. In hindsight, I realized it was brave for me to push through all the fear. It was brave for me to, to speak up when I didn't have to tell a single soul about what I was doing. But I had to. I couldn't not tell the story because I was just dying inside emotionally and, and, you know, probably even physically and spiritually. So I would say for those who are like, well, I don't have the bravery to do what they do. We don't even have the bravery at the time. But I think in hindsight, you realize, oh, maybe I did. I just didn't know that's what it was called. But it's just I can no longer be where I am and I can no longer not do something about this thing that's happening. So I've got to speak up and I've got to do something to make a change. I think that's really where it starts. Yeah, and when you say, I can no longer sit here, because that could be, like you're describing, a major life situation, which is what you're describing there. Yeah. What about when you're at a table and somebody says something that you feel is really inappropriate and or offensive, hurtful, is could doing harm potentially to others in earshot of that conversation? And that sense of, do, what? how do I say this? How do I address this in a way that 
actually engages the other person without the lashing out of harm that can be done if I just lash out. That actually happened to me one time. It was a family member. I had talked about how I got a speaking engagement to go talk about anti-bullying, like bullying prevention. And the person immediately said to me, what do you know about bullying? Mm. <laughs> and in that moment, I, I viscerally felt angry and like I wanted to lash out. But I paused for a second and I remember saying something along the lines of, is that a question or is that a statement? Is how I responded. Nice. And the person completely <laughs> kind of went like, oh, 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 I was, you know, and stumbled on their words. And they eventually asked me the question and said, oh, do you have experience talking about bullying? And then it created this brand new conversation that allowed us to engage. I, I love that. Is that a question or a statement? That's mm -hmm. beautiful. And, and I mean, that, that, that example right there is perfect. What about when they, it's clearly a statement. <laughs> like there's, there's no doubt <laughs> it's a statement. And if you even ask that, it will come off as you're, you're engaging in a debate because it's so blatantly a statement they made. And I've had that happen, but I don't want to just jump in on this. So the others of you, when you've had that happen, what's your reaction? Well, it takes two to, to tangle. And just because someone else wants to throw down the gauntlet doesn't mean we have to. We can take it to a higher level. Mm -hmm. And so the way Bernie responded rather than reacted I, I think was was appropriate. And, and that, to me, is more of the spiritual warrior mindset than a lot of the, the glamour-based stuff that gets talked about. You've mentioned a couple of times, Mike, about what, what I'm experiencing as, as social political correctness. And, and I think that's become part of the bane of our existence, is how do I say what needs to be said without offending anybody? Why do I even need to think that thought? Why is that so critically important? Mm -hmm. I think it's much more important if something needs to be said or done, do it. Then I have earned the karmic right to improve the way I went about doing it. But until I show up and meet my appointments with power, I'm just doing mental masturbation. I'm not really doing anything. Mm -hmm. And there's the tweet of the night, the day right there. So <laughs> <laughs> the mental masturbation. I love it. But, but I agree with what you're saying a hundred percent of this whole idea of, am I, first I got to show up to be present to the conversation. Then I can evaluate. Did I do that right? I think it's an interesting one though. Can we evaluate it as we're doing it? I, I think there is that time where we can, where we can evaluate because I know that I would speak out when something was said that was highly offensive and I thought was doing harm to either an individual in the atmosphere or could be doing, and I would speak out. And I did not do it in a way that was engaging. Now, I did not do it in a way that was to start a debate. It was to clearly, though, state, do, are you aware of the harm that you've just done? That kind of a thing. It didn't mm -hmm. work. It didn't mm -hmm. work. And so because it made them feel like they were intentionally doing harm. I really had to change the perspective on that of, hey, I need to be aware when I speak what I'm projecting. And what, I, what the shift was, instead of worrying about who I'm offending, is the way I'm projecting this going to be helpful? That's the reason I'm speaking out, because harm is being done. So if I speak out and I don't care if more harm is done, I'm a bit of a hypocrite at that point. How am I helping in this conversation? Well, my, my sense is if you were speaking up, I like that term, Bernie, then someone else was 
being subjected to less than loving energy. And so you may have offended the person you were speaking to or people, but the person that you were representing probably felt good. Wow, someone gets it. Someone's got my back here. We still need to show up first and then improve the way we showed up. Well, I, I agree with you that it definitely, the person you, that was done harm, whether it's you or somebody else, thinks, hey, there is an appreciation there. Wow, thanks for doing that. But if you did it in a way that the person you were trying to address either shut down completely, you did not in any way actually help long term from this happening again to another person. You you did. There is a positive there. You're absolutely right. There was a defense of what occurred right there for whoever was being harmed. And that is important and that is valuable. Ideally, I'd want to try to set the stage for this to not occur again. So how do we have that conversation? And that's really, that's the speaking up without the lashing out. And that's the quote, right? The quote was to live in the world without any deception and with tremendous kindness and caring for others. It doesn't say for others we agree with, <laughs> for, mm -hmm. for others, which means both sides of the conversation. So one of the things that, that I use and, and I recommend other people use, I, I get what Bernie said, that sometimes we, we do something and then in hindsight look back and go, wow, that was pretty brave. We can ask ourselves that question initially. What if? What if I was to be brave in this moment? What would that look like? What would that sound like? What would I do? And the, the brain, the mind will start going to work trying to figure that out. What if I could say something to you that wouldn't be contentious, that wouldn't come across as so judgmental? What if? And, and I think that's the thing that causes us or would allow us to keep raising the bar. What if there was a way of doing this better? What would that be? Yes. And that's what I'm referring to right there is how do I, what if, so for example, a lot of times what we're describing right now could be racial insensitivity, sexual insensitivity, gender identity sensitivity. It could, a lot of these comments that people will make saying, you know, I don't need to be politically correct. Well, are you saying that you have the right to be rude and cruel? And that's what you, mm -hmm. I mean, that's an interesting perspective when people do that. The case that I'm referring to, it was clearly gender degradation that was made. Four people are sitting at a table. It's gender degradation about a specific gender. Who is not represented in the four people at the table? The comment is made. Laughter occurs, which is often common because it's out of awkwardness, right? It's out of, <laughs> ooh, this just got uncomfortable. Or is it okay to laugh at that? There was a combination. And I paused and I remember just looking at the person and saying, are you referring to an individual or all? The person was like, oh, uh, well, I... I, and you could see them recognizing, whoa, what did I just say there? And they weren't, they weren't defensive. They weren't angry. They're like, oh, yeah. And, and it took it to a whole nother place. And we, I remember we got in the vehicle going back, and it was not the person who said it driving me back. And the person driving me back said, hey, that was really beautiful the way that moment took place. Because I was surprised the person said that knowing them. I didn't think that represented them. And when they said that to me, I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I thought too, but I didn't really think it out. But my gut was telling me that that's not them. So how, and, and I think maybe part of this is how do we help the purest soul that we know that person to be to come forward right now in a moment where they're not projecting that and potentially doing harm? 
I think my encouragement is that we continue, and this came up in a different uh, one of the other shows that we had too, Mike, but the encouragement is to keep leading by that example. Because I think you said something before about, you know, I want to shut it down at that moment, or we want to be effective that one time, or however you said it. But I think it takes many times. It takes many times for the rest of our life indefinitely to keep leading by that example. Some, it might just take one interaction. We make an impact, boom, you know, it changes their life overnight. And some, it may take five, 10, 15, 100 interactions for them to finally make that change or that transformation. It's going to be different for each person. My encouragement is that we just keep showing up, we keep doing the good work, and we keep leading by that example and hope that with every interaction we make, it kind of helps peel back that the layer a little bit so that the person can reveal themselves to be, you know, who they truly are. And I think that, in my opinion, we, every single one of us are truly loving and amazing, wonderful human beings who are brought into, you know, this lifetime. But for whatever reason, we've put up all these layers. And I think it's our job by the end of our lifetime here to peel back those layers. I love that. And to help each other pull back those layers. Some of it can't be done without interaction. Yes. Yeah. And that, that goes back to Barry, what you said, right? Which is at least try once. Like, Mm. like if you're sitting there thinking, Oh, I might say this wrong. You may never say it. So you still got to try. Right. And that's what you were saying, Barry, that you might screw it up. Right. And that's judgmental to say screwed up, but you know, you might mess it up. It might not be as effective as you had hoped, but at least you put forth effort. And then next time you'll get better. And next time you'll get better. Maybe the first time you try it will go well. Find out. Find out. Trust, right? And that goes back to that trust. And and I didn't mean to jump on the Darren, you were about to jump in there. So go ahead. No, you you made the point into in fact very well. I think going back to the quote, I keep looking back as we're talking, to live in the world without any deception. And to Bernie's point, I think it's that consistency over time that out of your own truthfulness and your own inner work that you've done, just be that person consistently every day and encourage those around you to do the same. I love that. What I love about that is I remember people saying, well, when I'm around that person who does that and they know that I'm the person that will speak out, they just don't do it in front of me, but they might do it in front of others. And I would always be like, that means every time they're around you, somebody's not being harmed. That's an awesome situation. Mm -hmm, That's an awesome moment. Why would that be a point of failure of, oh, well, it only really matters when I'm around. When you're around, it matters. And for the person being harmed or hurt, it matters. And if you're one person in their life who has that impact, now who's the third? Who's the 10th? Who's the 20th? That they can't do that around because people have have spoke up. It's such wonderful, positive energy you're putting out in the world. Why take the negative out of that? And you're creating safe community. You're creating, I think, Bernie, I think we've all said it, that this is moves far beyond ourselves very quickly, especially when you do speak out. You're creating space for people to exist with you in that mindset, mindfulness. I love it. And the three of you have given us such a great conversation today. Uh, this all started from the book Shambhala, The Sacred Path of the Warrior. What are books, in addition to that one, that you find are, are really great at this, at helping us have that courage, have that bravery was the word in this case, but through love and kindness? Uh, one that comes to mind is The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. It's a simple little story by Dan Millman 
but it it has some usable content of how we could uh, adjust our mindset to deal with things differently in a more holistic way. I love The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. It's, it's a beautiful, simple to understand, simple to read, easy to read book on finding personal freedom. And so applicable to so much in life, right? I mean, you can just dive in at so many different levels. Darren, is there one that you really enjoy? You know, there's one I looked at recently. I may misquote the title. I think it's called Kindness Finds Her Choice. And it's just along these same lines that everyone has a voice and that kindness can be expressed in a multitude of ways, but you do have to express it. Awesome. Thank each of you for joining me on this episode. Thank Thank you. you. So welcome. Well, for everyone listening, remember that is Darren Tipton, Bernie Zhang, and Barry Moniak. You can check them all out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com, where you can also check out past episodes. You can get some free downloads that many of the cast members have given for these discussions in our lives and applying it to our lives. And until next time, may you enjoy everyday mindfulness in your life. Three quick reminders. One, please subscribe to the Everyday Mindfulness Show on iTunes. Already subscribed? Then encourage others to join us by inviting them to subscribe to the show. Two, while on iTunes, download all the latest episodes. Three, reviews help more people find out about the show. Would you please go into iTunes and write a review? Doing so helps spread the mission of the show. Thanks. We appreciate you being a part of our vibrant, oftentimes silly, and always vulnerable community. If you have an idea, a thought, want to sponsor the show, or just want to say hi, send us an email at listen at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. And check us out at everydaymindfulnessshow.com. Have a joyful, mindful week.